0: Hi everyone and welcome to Meet the Masters, a product marketing podcast dedicated to the core strategies of product marketing. My name is Charlie Gale and I'm a copywriter here at Product Marketing Alliance. PMA is the single largest product marketing community in the world, providing a global platform for new and seasoned PMM professionals to network, learn and thrive in their careers. In this episode, I spoke to Yoni Solomon, Vice President of Product Marketing at GymPass, to discuss all things go-to-market. Yoni has been recognised as one of the tech's most influential product marketers and is on a mission to rewrite the book on B2B tech marketing for the next generation. He's passionate about a variety of areas, including positioning and go-to-market strategy, pricing and packaging and portfolio management, people enablement and training, demand gen and content, to name a few. In this episode, we discuss his biggest successes and challenges with GoToMarket, the differences between GTM and a product launch, how to go about renaming an existing product, along with what you can learn from the Go-to-Market Certified Masters course we have at PMA, a course that Yoni himself built from his experience and expertise in the field. Hey Yoni, how's it going? Hey Charlie, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's amazing to have you. Quite aptly, uh, this we're launching a podcast, we're taking a podcast to market and we're going to open it with an episode about go-to-market. Very exciting. You know, it's quite fitting. So to open it up, I guess you're the instructor for our go-to-market master's course. I um, am. This is kind of like what we want to talk about today. I'd like to know a bit more about how you found the process for building this course and like, why you think go-to-market is such an essential topic for product marketers to learn.
1: It's, it's really, it's quite meta, isn't it, right? It was all about building and launching a course that was all about building and launching products. And so in a sense, right, this course turned into a product launch within itself, which uh, I think was really fun for me. Um, you know, first and foremost, for a little background, I've spent, you know, about the last 12 years in a variety of different product marketing roles. You know, today I'm the VP of product marketing at GymPass. And what has changed over the last few years is that every company's solution set's a little bit different. Every company's personas that they're trying to reach are a little nuanced and different as well. But what has always stayed consistent is the need for clear, organized, well-articulated product launches that help take, you know, a given problem that we're seeing with our customers, that we're seeing with our prospects in the market, applying a technology solution to that problem to help us solve it. And then coming up with the right launch plan, with the right messaging, with the right strategy to help us bring that capability to the market that needs it most.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. So when it comes to like go to market, people often get go to market and product launches mixed up. For those listening what is the difference between the two
1: yeah I, I think that there is a difference between the two and you know the biggest nuance that i'd like to strike between a product launch versus um, a go to market strategy is that to me a product launch is part of the overall go to market strategy. And so as part of the course, you know we break down five very simple steps for how we take a product to market you know the umbrella if you will, of an overall GTM effort. you know at first we start with ideation, we're working with the product team, Perhaps we have found with our customers or our prospects that they have a problem that we can solve with technology. We're going to sit down together and discuss it. And if we think it's a good idea, we're going to get it onto the roadmap. That brings us into step number two, which is build. At this point, what's happening in parallel is product management is actively building whatever this solution is going to be. It's on their product roadmap. And product marketing is preparing our launch, messaging, pricing, packaging, naming, all of those details that need to be hashed out before we can bring this product to market. Step three is going to be soft launch. We go through alpha and beta testing for this product and our messaging to make sure that all of it is really in line with market needs. And it's in stage four, what I call GTM launch, that most people would identify as the product launch stage, where the keys are in the ignition. We're sending out emails, press releases. We're training the internal teams before we move into step five, which I call go-to-market continued, which is continuous marketing efforts, case studies, new thought leadership around this product. And so I think a product launch within itself is a moment in time, but it's really just one piece of this overall go-to-market strategy in which all of those stages are required and you need to do them really well to successfully bring a product to market.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. I think that's like really concise and like easy to understand, you know, like a launch is in a go-to-market, but it's yes. like they're not the same thing. <laughs> no, and it can't
1: be everything, right? You need all of those stages to get you to the point where you're ready to launch.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Um, So there's this common misconception, I guess, that like a go-to-market only um, works for new products, like taking new products to market. Um, But what role does go-to-market have to play when implementing new changes, but to an existing product?
1: Sure. You know, I, I think whether it's launching a new product in the market or with bringing enhanced features or capabilities into an existing product and reintroducing those to the market, I still think both have a really important part in your overall go-to-market strategy. Um, In the previous question, we just talked about those five very simple steps for product launches, right? From ideation to build, to soft launch, to -to go-to-market launch, to -to go-to-market continued. I think that one of the the biggest reasons that I've seen products, I don't say flop or start to falter in terms of adoption and usage and satisfaction by by our end users is that if we only focus the final stage this gtm continued stage on launching new webinars and marketing campaigns and paid ads to drive more adoption i think that's only part of the puzzle you know product marketers in stage 5 of gtm continued you know in the process of having conversations with customers for case studies and testimonials we should be collecting insights from them on what are the pieces of this product that maybe aren't as fully baked as they'd like them to be? Are there capabilities that we believe are missing? Are there opportunities to incorporate integrations or innovative new enhancements into those capabilities that would really benefit us in the future? And as the product marketer, you should be close enough to your audience that you're collecting those insights and feedback Bringing them back to the product management team, and then effectively starting the launch process all over again at Ideation for those new enhancements, for those new integrations, you know, for whatever asks our end users have as pertains to that product.
0: Awesome. So obviously, you're talking about like all of these different stages to a go-to-market strategy. It sounds like there's a lot of time that goes into it, um, and a lot of planning. So when should you start planning to take your product to market? And obviously, this is going to change for different companies and products. But how does this change?
1: Yeah. And like all great marketers uh, love to answer this. I'll I'll say that it gives it depends. Right. It always depends. (laughs) But I would say that the most important piece that it depends on is the scope of the launch itself, which is why in the GTM course, before we ever get into messaging and positioning and planning out the launch and trying to align on a timeline, we first need to actually scope out how big or how small this launch is. And so in the, in the course itself, we have a very simple quadrant. It's based on P1 through P4 priority, where if you have a, a P1 product or something that it's called an alien, this is going to be a totally new product to a totally new market, totally new geography a brand new product that we're effectively introducing to a new part of the world that we're unfamiliar with. I would give ourselves probably 3 to 6 months worth of time to think through planning strategy, research, messaging and all the pieces that we need to get in order from ideation to go to market continued to launch successfully. But, you know, if we can scope it out and perhaps it's um it's a P2 or a P3, which would be uh, you know, not necessarily a brand new product to a new market, but perhaps A really important enhancement or an integration, or maybe a bug fix that's been bothering our users for a long time. Those don't necessarily take three to six months of planning. We could probably scope those out in anywhere from one month to three months. So I would say before we ever commit to timing as product marketers, or before we even put pen to paper and start thinking of product names or messaging or emails or press releases let's first go through the process of scoping out what this capability is to really deliver the best and most accurate timeline possible to our stakeholders within the company.
0: So it sounds like, uh, I guess, like patience is key. And also like you need to make sure that obviously you're not getting impatient because it's all about the quality of the work that you're bringing out rather than, you know, like trying to rush and take it to market as soon as you can.
1: Absolutely. I think, you know, we should be aware about moving too quickly and perhaps brushing off the research stage, you know, where we're supposed to be taking a look at the product, analyzing the markets, looking at competitors, talking to customers. Um, if we accelerate too quickly and don't take those really important steps within our research, I think most often what you'll find is that either the launch was significantly over-scoped or significantly underscoped. And by the way, neither one of those is a very good outcome. If you've over-scoped the launch, suddenly you're three, six months into a launch plan for something that should have taken like three to four weeks to roll out. And the whole company is extremely confused on why this is taking so long. And your your launch has lost all of its momentum. On the other side, if you've underscoped this and suddenly you're trying to turn around work in three to four weeks that should have taken three to six months of planning, there's very... I would say a very small chance that you're going to be able to launch that successfully, both externally and internally, without confusing your stakeholders or without having something with your campaign going wrong. Um, The biggest risk for underscoping, I think, is one, really missing sales enablement. And suddenly your internal teams with sales and CS are are completely unprepared to to talk and explain and pitch this solution to your end users. And also, your messaging might completely be off as well if you haven't taken the right amount of time to do your own research and to validate that research with end users and with the market itself. Then before you know it, you've rushed to launch something that just isn't named right, isn't packaged right, isn't messaged correctly, and your team doesn't know how to sell. Not, not, a, not a great outcome in either way.
0: No, of course. Totally. I understand that. So this... Can I guess for someone who hasn't uh, taken a product to market before or like hasn't developed a strategy as a product marketer, if they're new, it can be quite daunting. I guess like one of the questions I think would be best to answer, like as a go to market expert, I think it's safe to call you that. um, What would you consider to be the key pillar for any go to market strategy?
1: I think if we go back to those five stages, which again, if you take this course, for those who are listening, we will get really deep into those five stages of ideation, build, soft launch, go to market, and go to market launch. In the course, I mentioned that the the often the most ignored phase of the launch process is soft launch, um, being alpha testing and beta testing. In my experience, alpha testing is typically to just make sure to baseline, do we have Core functionality and jobs to be done covered within the product. Like it has has whatever we've built meets the base needs and expectations of our end users. And then as we move into beta phase, we're typically selecting a group of anywhere from ten to twenty customers to actually test the product with, and also test messaging, positioning, and naming with as well. I think this is a stage that often goes skipped over. Like typically, people go from ideation now it's build and we're on the roadmap. And now let's just launch it. Let's, let's throw it over the fence and let's see what happens. But when we miss that soft launch phase, we miss the opportunity to, of course, do a gut check on whether the product works and is doing what it's supposed to do. But also what a great opportunity to sit down with customers in a safe space to bounce messaging off of them. I love to have customers review the messaging documents that we put together, landing pages and emails. Like give us your feedback on whether we whether we're articulating this story in the right way before we go and roll it out to thousands and thousands of users across the market i think it's best to find out in that stage and you know i think we all want to move really quickly so that's probably one of the reasons why that phase is often jumped over kind of quickly but also i think it's a it's a very sensitive part of the go to market plan because sometimes if you're a product marketing manager and you're really close to your messaging or you're positioning your naming It can hurt to have a customer actually read this and say, I don't know if you've named this the right way, or I wouldn't tell the story quite like this. And it can be a bit of a a humbling moment, but a really important moment for us as product marketing managers to make sure that we're getting the story right before we launch.
0: Yeah, I really like that. You know, as a product marketer, like one of the core principles, I guess, like we have in our product marketing manifesto is that, you know, customers are so important. So I really like that you say, you know, testing to make sure before you take it to the masses.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a whole point, right? As a product marketing manager, we have to test our marketing of the product with the market itself, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'd like to know a bit more about like your personal experience with building go-to-market strategies. Um, have you had any personal experiences launching a product where you'd realized something had gone wrong and how you managed to you know, jump over this hurdle um, I think that's it kind of help the listener understand, you know,
1: sure. you know, I think the most important lesson that I've learned as a product marketer has been from from the launches that didn't work out so well versus the ones that actually were successes. Um you know, an important lesson that I learned at a previous company uh, was the idea that no matter how no matter how great a writer you are or if you have the ability to plan out the best launch ever, it's, it's not possible for, for marketers to effectively GTM their way out of a problem that the market doesn't have an interest or a need in solving. Um, and so at a previous company, we, we were putting together a product that unfortunately, we didn't do enough validation with internally with real users, with our customers to see if this was actually something they needed or something they would be interested in purchasing. Instead, we just we, we went ahead with it. It was if you've heard the term, it was a cool, shiny object, right? That happens a lot at some of our companies. Um, and this was a shiny object in particular that we went through the messaging process with, we launched it and across the board, we were just seeing zeros. It's the first and only launch I've ever had where I mean, literally like no form fills, no adoption, just across the board. Clearly we missed something dramatic here. And the issue was that we didn't actually validate the need of the product or the solution with the end market. Um, that was a really hard lesson for me to learn early in my career, but but as a result, now whenever we go through the GTM process, it's why that first step in ideation is so important to do in collaboration with your product management team and also bringing in stakeholders from customer success and sales. Let's make sure before we ever put this thing on the roadmap and start assigning dev resources to it, start assigning marketing resources to it, let's make sure in ideation that we are solving a problem that the market actually cares about or or has an interest in us solving or even more so is willing to pay us to solve that problem for them.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. I really like what you said about, you know, like your challenges, you learn so much about them and it's so easy to like get stuck on like the things that you do wrong, but it's nice to know that you can, you know, learn from like the things that you've done wrong to like just continue getting better
1: of course, just like a launch, it's all a journey, right? And and I think that's if we can learn that lesson right off the bat and start to adopt it going forward. You know, at that point, you you don't have to have that same concern of you know you're in bed looking up the ceiling the day before the launch, going, man, I I hope someone wants to use this product, right? It, it takes it takes some of the mystery and the stress out of the launch as well, and that's been super helpful to me in my career.
0: Yeah, definitely. But saying this, countering all of that. I want to, you know, throw away the bad. Let's talk about like some of the good things, you know, that like come from a go to market like launch and how like they can be, they're not all bad. <laughs> so I'd like to know, like, you know, what would you say has been your biggest go to market success?
1: Wow. My biggest go to market success. Yeah, You know, I, I think it was actually a series of launches that turned into a much larger success story. And so when when I was at G2, um, at the time that I joined, we were still working to figure out what our our go-to-market process should be, how do we effectively launch internally and externally, and what are the kind of products that we're going to look to launch as well, right? Um, And one of the pieces that emerged as one of the most consistent um, launches that the product marketing team could support were integrations of of G two intent data that sales and marketing data into systems like Salesforce and HubSpot and LinkedIn and Marketo. Um, and at a glance, at first, it started with maybe one or two integration launches where we we integrated with HubSpot and then we integrated with Marketo. But suddenly, there became this need for so many new integrations that we were launching, I don't know, like one or two every quarter, uh, if not more, and. Those launches within themselves were successful because we were able to look at the data and find that people who integrated one of those solutions um, were, I think, 3x more likely to retain as customers. I think they were likely to spend 50%, if not more, in terms of ACV. So we were able to tie the results back to that integration adoption. But then when we saw the sheer number of integrations that we launched to build this ecosystem, there came the need to launch the ecosystem itself. And so that allowed us to suddenly bundle up our stories for marketing automation solutions like HubSpot and Marketo, or perhaps with CRM solutions like Salesforce and others, we could tell these higher level stories around the use case for why you would want to connect G2 to a marketing automation system, to a retargeting and demand gen system. And in those stories, we could have three, four, five different integrations that we could market so that people could effectively choose their own adventure. And so it was kind of like a slow build over the course of maybe a year and a half to two years of launching these these integrations ad hoc, kind of like as one offs, and then finally falling into this much larger story around the value of G2 within all these different systems. And so suffice to say, I think, look at, don't just like benchmark your success by the really big launches, like the, the P1 alien massive new products that you're going to be releasing. Take a look at some of the the smaller, the more incremental one-off launches that your team is doing for integrations and features. And if you can find some commonalities, some some connection points between those as far as themes, it opens up the opportunity for much larger, more strategic storytelling for organizations. And so I would say it was one of those cases where where many launches contributed to an overall GTM story. That was by far the most successful launch theme that we had at G2 during my time there.
0: Awesome, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, so let's go back to, I guess, like building of a go-to-market launch. So for the listener, if we have like someone who's got all the knowledge now, like we we've taught them this, like they have all of like the knowledge of how to build one, but that's great. How do you actually begin to tailor this to your own organization and how to launch a product with them rather than just like, you know, an overall strategy?
1: Yeah. I'm so glad you asked this because I'm actually working with a customer through the PMA at this very moment. And they're asking this exact same question on how do we take this this blueprint, if you will, from the course and tweak and tailor it to the processes that we need? Because again, we know that no no two companies are the same, no, no, no two personas are the same. And certainly, there are going to be differences in the channels and the tactics and even the teams that are on board at those companies who are capable of launching products. And so, you know, what I would encourage any listener to do, especially when they're looking at a course like this, is take a look at the umbrella of how we're scoping out these launches from P1 aliens all the way down to P4s, and take a look at the five stages of ideation, build, soft launch, go-to-market launch, and go-to-market continued, and start to mess around a little bit. There might be assets and resources. That you know, for instance, that your team will never need to create. Maybe, maybe because your persona never interacts with um, a channel like Instagram, or maybe your persona prefers to not be communicated with via email or doesn't read press releases. And start to change some of the launch tactics that you would use at each of those stages. I still think ultimately, as a guiding principle, if you have the ability to properly scope your launches out in terms of scope, in terms of size and priority and scope. And you have the ability to map the phases of your launch from the moment of ideation to the moment of continued go-to-market efforts, I would say the resources and tools that you build in between stage one and stage five can really be left up to you. It's all about finding the right needs and the tools within your organization. And so perhaps take a look at the messaging house documents, the foundational messaging and positioning doc that you'll find in this course, and see if it maps over to the documents that you're using internally. And if there's commonality, amazing. If there's not, find some time and and, and meld the two together. Bring in the best elements of the GTM course through the PMA and kind of adopt it within the framework that you're using today. But just know that there's no no 100% right way to launch a product. And I wouldn't say that this course is going to give you a foolproof blueprint anyway. What I would hope that this would do is provide you with a canvas of ideas and frameworks and concepts and resources that you can take and tinker around with to build them around the needs and the structure of your organization.
0: Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, I think that's a really nice way to round out like my my questions for you. But I do have some questions where we I reached out to the product marketing community to see if they had any questions for you. So very exciting. Um, yeah, are you ready? Let's do it. Great. Okay. So the first question. How would you go about timing a go-to-market strategy in an already saturated market?
1: Yeah, I think the first step that I would do, and I think it's the the first, maybe the third word in that question was timing. That's the first thing that I would look at. I would look at timing. Timing as pertains to two different elements. One, from an external perspective, what does timing in terms of announcements look like in an ideal way for your market? Um, are there peak seasons? Are there times where people are consistently out of office? Are there times where they're not typically making buying decisions at all? Every industry is a little bit different. But for an example, um, when I worked on the B2B or the B2C side of a ratings and reviews company, our primary audience were brands and retailers. And so we knew that come, you know essentially October, November, December, there was really no point in trying to package up or launch anything new because they were approaching Black Friday and Cyber Monday. That was going to be their peak time for selling and for, for, for revenue generation. And the odds of them actually purchasing and adopting and implementing something new from us was going to be relatively low. Also take a look at timing internally for your own sales and CS teams. Um, sometimes we, we make the mistake of forgetting, for instance, that rolling out something towards the end of a quarter or towards the end of a fiscal year is a historically really inopportune time to try to pull sales out of their seats and into a training to try to learn and adopt and sell something new. And so really try to weigh out what the best timing is for your sales team in terms of mindshare and ability to act on the tools and the products that you're giving them. And then also take a look at your external audience and make sure that as far as timing you're rolling out your marketing campaigns at the time that they're most going to be receptive and capable of hearing them. There's always going to be a lot of noise in the market. There's really nothing you can do about that. But I do believe that if you can align really well with your sales team and align really well with the buying and why don't we say attention cycles of your external market, it's going to give you the best chance possible of breaking through the noise to get your solutions in front of the right people, both externally and internally.
0: Great. Thank you. Um, Let's move on to the next question, which is actually like quite apt because like in one of the first like answers you gave me, you were talking about making sure that you name your product. Right. Um, mm. And what this question um, is, what aspects or issues would you consider when it comes to renaming a product that's already on the market?
1: That's a really good question. Mm. Um, I think the first things that I would do is I would look at the history of that name. So. How long has that product been on the market? Um, How much adoption or sales has there been under the product with this given name Um, to get a sense of like, how much is this name really permeated within the market? Um, I would do some SEO and keyword research on this as well. Let's get a sense of like, how many backlinks there are back to the product page or to blogs that are citing this name as well because if it's really, really ingrained in search, it's also going to be that much harder to switch the name over without completely, when I would say torpedoing the search and visibility of that given product. After I do that research, I would then sit down with perhaps it's your executive team or your product team or or whoever is actually asking for this name change. Now try to understand why is there something wrong or misaligned? Like did we, did we name this product incorrectly to begin with, or is this a shiny object and just think it's a really good idea and, and would be a fun exercise to try to rename this thing? Or is there maybe a larger vision with how does the renaming of this product play into the other names of our products and features within our suite? I would start asking some of those probing questions to get down to the fundamental decision of, is this even a good idea? And, and if it is a good idea, Why do we want to rename this thing? And then from there, rather than going through a single exercise and renaming this product, let's take a look at the entire suite of other products and features that, in theory, we'd have to look at and adjust as well. And let's find nomenclature, if we're going to go through this renaming, to make sure that we are future-proofing the rest of our product suite if we need to change those names as well.
0: Awesome. Thank you. Um, Right. So one of the next questions, uh, which I guess is like, Quite broad is quite an umbrella question, but which team do you prioritize working with internally?
1: You know, I think this is a bit of a trick question because I I think in product marketing, we live at the intersection of product management, of the marketing team, and then of the revenue org. So essentially sales and CS. And I don't consider our job done in product marketing unless we have helped product management with its adoption goals, you know, and bringing its products to market with marketing in terms of their opportunity to source and convert new revenue and with sales in terms of tools, resources, and sales enablement to help them close new business. I think it's all three. And and I'd be very careful about maybe prioritizing one over the other. And now it depends on the organization you go to. Sometimes you'll go to an organization where the product team perhaps is much stronger and more experienced than the marketing team, or maybe the marketing team is much more experienced than the sales team. And so it'll go by in phases where perhaps in a given quarter. You're giving more of your attention and time to one part of that pyramid to help them, you know, up level their game. But overall, you know, if we're going to live at the intersection, I think that means ensuring equal success and support for all three points of the pyramid.
0: Yeah, totally. I agree. Thank you for that. Um, Okay, so the last question that we have, we're on the last one already. So sad anyway. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> when launching a net new product, how important is the beta phase?
1: Super important. And I'll tell you the biggest mistake, and we mentioned this in the course a lot, that is made with soft launch is that one, skip it all together and we just go straight to launch and do so isn't calibrated correctly with the product or with your messaging. Opportunity to sit down with a cohort of customers that you yourself have selected, that you have relationships with, that you trust ask them about product naming, ask them about messaging, ask them to look through some of the resources and materials that you're making for sales. It's almost as if you have a huge exam coming up, and this is an opportunity to sit down with the professor and go through the answers to that exam one by one before you have to take the test itself. So use this as your opportunity to gut check all of these resources and materials and messaging. So that when you move on to stage four to go to market launch, keys of the ignition, press releases, emails, announcements, everything is going out. You know for sure that you've messaged and framed this launch the right way. Beta is your chance to do all of that.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. So unfortunately, that's all that we have time for. And I've run out of questions for you, um, but I would love to continue talking. But unfortunately, you know. We, we can't. So um, thank you so much, Yoni, for taking the time. Um, I guess just to quickly round this out, um, do you have anywhere like that you'd like people to contact you um, or anything that you're working on now that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, please. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Find me on LinkedIn, whether you've taken the course or whether you're interested in it, or whether you just have questions and want to connect on product marketing. I'm always a message away there. And please, if you are interested in an end-to-end blueprint to help you launch your next great product at your company, check out the go-to-market masterclass course, GTM launch course at the Product Marketing Alliance. Get certified in go-to-market launches. And just know that from then on, you have a blueprint tools resources to help you launch effectively every single
0: time you heard it here go go take the course (laughs) so thank you so much yoni
1: it's been a pleasure thank you
0: thanks so there we have it i hope you enjoyed this episode as much as i did as yoni said if you'd like to learn more about the go-to-market masters course check it out on our website at www.productmarketingalliance.com or check out the show notes for more information